there, and welcome to another episode of the Live It Well podcast. We are your hosts, Chris and Jenny Gravy. Life is an incredible gift, and it's over before we know it. How do we live it fully, live it intentionally, live it well? Each week, we'll lean in and learn together from inspiring leaders, mentors, and friends who have embraced this mindset and are living it well. Leaders like John Eldridge. You've got to know your story. What was it I once dreamed of? Suzanne Stabile. Once we can accept our difference, we can find what we hold in common. And Aaron Nequist. We want to be a community that doesn't just believe things about Jesus, but learns how to rearrange our lives to put his words into practice for the sake of the world. Thanks again for joining us. Let's get started. Well, it is a special day around here, and it's special because we literally just hit one year on this podcast. That's right, one year. It's our podcast anniversary. That's a thing. <laughs> <laughs> it's a thing, podcast anniversary. It, it is. One year with you guys. It's our anniversary together. Yeah. So, so cool. Yeah, and so I think we first just want to say, like, thank you. Yes. Quite honestly, this is not a thing if it weren't for you. Uh, you listening and supporting and encouraging us. It gives us the motivation to keep going and keep finding great guests and hearing their stories. And hopefully it's inspiring and motivating you every single time. Yeah, we're 40 episodes in. Woo-hoo. It's so cool to see all that God's done so far in one year. 40 episodes, so many incredible guests, so many amazing conversations that have rocked us. Yeah. Um, and we hope and pray that God is moving in your hearts and lives as well. And one of our favorite parts of the show is at the very end when we get to ask the same three questions, what's a book that's changed your life, what's a habit that's changed your life, and what advice would you give to the younger you? And it's been so fun to ask those questions and hear the incredible wisdom that's come from our guests. So we thought it'd be really fun to devote a whole episode just to the habits that have changed the lives of our guests that we've had on, and the advice that you would give to the younger you. So today will be the habits, and next week we will focus on the advice you would give to the younger you. Yeah, and you know, not only we had great guests, but these people have become like friends, and some are mentors of ours. And you know, as we all wrap up the end of the year, we're constantly thinking about how the year went, did it go the way we wanted, preparing for next year, and these habits are so good and really practical, really things we could add into our life that could make a significant difference. And so that's why we wanted to share these with you. Yeah. So we're going to share each one habit that has changed our life. And we would love to hear from you. What's a habit that's changed your life? You can email us at our website, jenni at onelife.works or chris, (laughs) chris at onelife.works. All of this will be in the show notes Um, or come find us on social media. Um, And just let us know what's a habit that's changed your life. We'd love to hear it. Love to hear from you guys. All right, right. babe. No, no, you. Oh, me first. Yeah, let's hear from you. What what is a habit that has changed your life? Okay. Um, So many habits. And I resonated with so many that our guests shared as well. I love getting up in the morning. That was the number one habit we found, people said, was getting up early and spending time in the Word. For sure. And that's absolutely has changed my life. But one as of late that I would say has changed my life is the practice of slowing down. It has literally changed my life. And it's something I have to keep working on. It's not something that comes naturally. And it's it's something I I did not realize how hurried 
I was living until I intentionally started trying to slow down and live at that pace. And there's an incredible book that I found this practice in. It's called The Life You've Always Wanted, Spiritual Disciplines for Ordinary People. It's by John Ortberg. And I highly recommend this if you are wanting to learn more about spiritual disciplines and if you've picked up any of the classic spiritual discipline books and found them a little dry or just hard to read, this one is a great place to start. It's very accessible. It's such an easy, fun, enjoyable read. And he does a really good job describing the basic spiritual disciplines that you can start to apply in your life and see fruit from and growth in your relationship with God. But one that really, really stuck out to me was the practice of slowing down. I've realized that the worst parts of my day are when I'm hurried. Absolutely. It does not bring out anything good in me (laughs) when I'm in a hurry. I'm yelling at everyone. I'm screaming at the drivers all around me. We're just, it is the worst. And when I slow down and just take my time and enjoy the people around me, I'm present with my family and present with my friends. I just experience so much more life, so much more love. And I realize I'm probably missing out on so much when I fall into the trap of hurrying. So I think that's one for me, for sure. You've really done a great job at it. Oh, thanks. Well, I want to live that way. It just it takes intentionality and practice. You just have to keep keep moving forward with I guess it. Yes, we don't realize like how often even the whole thing of like telling our kids hurry. Yeah, yes, you know, exactly. Hurry. We gotta get ready to the bat. We hurry, you gotta go to bed. Like, You're why like, am I hurrying? Why do we have to hurry? Yeah, it's just I'm in the habit of hurry. I yeah. think that's what I realized. I didn't know how much of a habit hurry was for me. And I oh, one of the things he says in the book that's so motivating to slow down was that hurry kills love Mm. because love takes time. You cannot have a loving relationship that's growing deeper if you are hurrying. You can't. You can't love people well when you're in a hurry. That's why he says to ruthlessly eliminate hurry from your life because what we're called to above everything else is love. And we can't love if we're in a hurry. So gosh, it's so good. Well, let's just slow down. (laughs) (laughs) Slow down. Here we are. We're just going just slow. with you. Yeah. All yours today. So good, babe. All right. What's yours? All right. Well, my habit is quite often my mind is always racing and thinking too fast. But I think a lot of times when a positive thought comes into my mind, specifically with the person that I'm with, is if it's mm-hmm. you or a child yeah. or a friend or someone at coffee or even your barista, if you see something positive in that person, you just say it. Yeah, you're good at that. And that's what I try and do, right? (laughs) I see my daughter. I think to myself, man, she's beautiful. Well, instead of just holding that in my head, I tell her, babe, you look beautiful today. Mm -hmm. You're just a beautiful young lady, and I love you so much. Or if I I have a great experience with my barista, I tell them, hey, you're doing a great job. You know, because how often do they hear that? Right. And I think so often than not, you know, there's always something we can find there's positive of the person sitting across from us. Mm-hmm. But how often do people actually share that with somebody? Yeah. Because they either have their insecurities or whatever. And so I just kind of try not to overthink it. I just kind of try to have a thought. And if it's positive, I throw it out there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Usually it's a good thing. <laughs> <You know. laughs> no, I, that is something you're really good at. And I think the other side of it, too, that you do is when you notice somebody is good at something, you say it Mm -hmm. out loud. So it's not just a compliment or encouragement. It's actually building up and speaking to the potential that you see in people Mm -hmm. around you, which is why you're called the courage lender. Boom. (laughs) They call him the The courage courage lender. lender. 
Yeah, no, it's it's a it's a habit that's changed my life, and you know it's cool is um you know it builds deep friendships, it really deep does. relationships. I think yeah. the trust that people will give to you when you just take a moment and acknowledge them and mm-hmm. what like a strength or their life or anything about them, trust will be extended in such great levels. So yeah. anyway, those are those are our habits. That's those a couple habits coming out of the gravy household. Our life. Yes. Yeah. Guys, we are so excited about this episode. You're going to love it. So let's jump into some of these habits that have changed our lives and changed the lives of our guests. A habit that's changed my life above all else, learning to hear the voice of God, Mm. practicing asking, practicing listening. Huge. Changed my life. A habit that changed my life uh, is centering prayer. I do a 20-minute sit every day, and I sometimes do two. I I find that 20 minutes of silence and trying to be present, little P to the presence, big P, uh, or present to God, uh, settles me down a little bit. And sometimes I have to do another one about 4.30 in the afternoon. (laughs) (laughs) All right, what's a habit that's changed your life? You know what? I started automating my mornings. When I wake up, I just go to the same place all the time. And I started doing this Bible reading program that it's like the one that clicked for me. And it's from uh, Robert Ferguson, who is Hillsong pastor out out of uh, Sydney, Australia. And so that reading program has just brought the scripture to life. If I'm not in my office and sitting down and doing this, like my day hasn't started right. Right. Mm -hmm. And uh, the whole concept of automation is, is just I was doing it before I understood how to articulate it. But it's like because I know that I'm going to do these few things in the morning, I don't even have to really use my brain power until I get to school and start problem solving. You know, I'm a night person and Mm -hmm. forcing myself to get up a half an hour earlier has really changed my life, which seems so (laughs) simple. But a half hour makes all the difference for me, whether I can exercise, what I don't know why. It's not a lot of time, but if I get up a half hour later, then my whole day is wrecked. It's so true. I'll tell you something else, uh, guys, and this, um, and I tell my staff this, I work with a creative team of 11 people at my church that I lead, and many, most of them are millennials, and I love it. I love being with them, but I, when I start a sentence with, this morning Linda and I were reading in Hebrews, I always follow with, no guilt here, people. Some of you do not have that kind of time to be alone and quiet together in the mornings. I'm not saying this for guilt. Yeah. He reads the Bible to me every single morning. And I, I sit oh, on the bed awesome. with a cup of coffee in my hand, which he brought to me. Because I can't get up <laughs> without dude. it. Slow down, bro. <laughs> I got work to do. He sits it on the bedside table, I mean... and I hear the clink of the cup on my bedside <laughs> table. And that is what wakes me up. I'm a total slow. That slug. is amazing. Yeah, and then he sits <laughs> that's my down. 30, you're 36 years married. Uh, yeah. That's my 30-year goal. Uh, you can do it. And, uh, and then he reads the Bible to me, and I'm just in this coffee fog, but I get it. And we and then we pray and then we go about our day. Yeah. Honestly, yeah, just finding ways to still myself and to rest and really introspection, looking inward and allowing yeah. God to do work uh, in my heart. You know, there's a, 
a quote, uh, keep still and let him do some work. And uh, another one, Dietrich Bonhoeffer says, we have to be ready to allow ourselves to be interrupted by God. And I think finding spaces to stop and trust God with our lives has changed the way that I live. I would say uh, alone time with Jesus, Mm. rebooting both individually and as a couple, rebooting with the sense that he's here now and making every day an adventure with him. Probably a discipline or habit that's made a difference in my life. I would agree with Mark. I like to take 15 minutes every day and just be quiet, just sit. And I don't talk to God, but I just listen. And it's very hard to do, but I find the insights come in those 15 minutes. It's probably the most powerful, important part of my whole day. And then corollary to that is at the end of the day, when I'm going to sleep, I like to ask myself what was the best part of the day. And um, it's never folding the laundry or getting the bills paid. or (laughs) It's always the little moments of holding a grandkid's hand or making eye contact with my husband at that time and understanding we both understood each other, whatever it is. It's something very small and and special. It's meaningful. So that's kind of informs my next day, you know, shows me what's important. A discipline habit that's changed my life. Oh man, just ingest the word of God. Let it be rich to you. Don't you know, read through the Bible, yes, but read. And if you, if it's like the third verse you're reading this morning that stops you in your tracks, don't try to go past it. Just sit there if you have to a week, two weeks, three weeks, and see what the Holy Spirit, why did that, that verse resonate so deeply this time that you read it when you read it 20 times before? So let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. So the discipline, the habit, it is just I long for the quiet of the morning when I wake up where I can sit and read, I can sit and think, I can sit and pray, where so many times direction for what I'm facing in a given day, it becomes clear to me. For me, I've used this concept in Breaking Busy a lot, and it's the concept of my future self. So I started investing in future alley, and future alley could be tomorrow's alley or next year's alley. So on a spiritual level, I invest in future alley by reading the Bible every day and getting closer to Jesus. On a physical level, I go to sleep on time at night because morning alley is going to be angry at my owl alley. (laughs) So just thinking about this concept of my future self and future alley has helped me change a lot of my little habits on a day-to-day basis. One of the things that I've, I, I didn't have before I was a Christ follower was was a habit of obedience. And, mm, and, I, and I think as a Christian, I always say God's love language is obedience. And that, and that can be misinterpreted as though somehow you know, God loves us more because we obey. It's not that. It's sure. that he, it enables him in some sense to use us for his full glory. And so that habit of obedience was something that was developed over time. It's something I've tried to instill in my kids early on. Not just to God, but authority, right? But that's all a shadow of this ultimate authority of God. So I think that habit of obedience has probably made the biggest difference in my life because other than just this deep sense of of urgency and weight that God has put upon some of these decisions I've made, including to to do the last well full time, that deep theological understanding and conviction of obedience has been the driving force for that. And I don't know why it's there and how it's been developed in my life, but it's one of the biggest things that I both see as a benefit to me and a blessing to God's work in me and through me to his glory, but also, you know, in other people's lives as well. 
And then the habit that has helped me, this is going to sound hysterical, but honestly, the habit of making my bed every single day has been <laughs> huge for me. And I just, I've just committed to that every single day. I'm going to get up and make my bed. And I think it's about being able to look at my, my life from where I'm getting up every day and seeing like, I'm going to make my bed and be true to that. And when I get in at night, it's the thing that's kind of sets my day up every single day. So for your listeners, yes. I would say, make your bed every single day. It will change your life. All right, spiritual discipline or habit that's made the biggest difference in your life. Wow, that's that's so interesting you bring up spiritual disciplines because I've been using Richard Foster's book, A Celebration of Disciplines, with several of my college uh, guys on their discipleship journey. And the book, it examines all the disciplines, the inward ones of prayer, fasting, meditation, study, those outward ones, simplicity, solitude. But the two that I think have impacted my life the most is the combination of the meditation and prayer. One thing I love to do is take uh, the college guys to an isolated place, a place where uh, you know you really experience God's grandeur, like a woods, or we've got Lake Monroe here in Bloomington. I give them a sealed envelope with scripture to meditate on and start thoughts for them to consider in prayer. And it's amazing to just be in, in the stillness, away from the internet, away from any noise, and just focus on time with our Creator. So I would say prayer and meditation Seeking out solitude is the spiritual discipline that uh, has grown me and that I've watched that happen with these guys. In fact, they'll always say, wow, we need to do this again sometime. And we just don't find time in this crazy, hectic world to do that. Okay. Discipline or habit, it's made the biggest difference in your life. Oh, I'm like the least disciplined person ever. But (laughs) there's one we're actually doing as of late. Because Ron is super disciplined and he gets annoyed with me. Um, (laughs) Sundays. We are actually pulling out a whiteboard on Sundays and it sits in our kitchen and we write down what we all have going on for the week. I know this is like people are super disciplined. Like, yeah, great idea, lady. But I'm 41. I just got around to this. But we write down each kid, what they have going for the week, what we're going to eat. And we sometimes, we love to eat out. I hate to cook. Ron's like, if we could even just eat twice, Court, if you could like put two meals on the table. Oh, same, girl. That's a win. When two meals come on the table at our house. It's like, oh, that yeah. was a huge week. Oh, my gosh. And so, like, just seeing it and, like, and I'm, like, so ADD. I have to go back. I'm like, wait, what's today? Oh, yeah. and I will, I've been known to, like, not pick them up for stuff because I'm, like, that flighty. I'm, like, on a podcast or a phone call. I'm, like, oh, my gosh. They're at soccer, like, by themselves. And so, <laughs> so Sundays make me feel like, all right, we have a plan we for the plan. week. Ron and I have actually sat for 30 minutes and communicated. There's no, like, because there's been years in my life where we're so frazzled and so there's no margin and we're so out of touch. And so yep. that balance thing is quitting stuff, getting margin where we actually have time to sit and be with each other. And that's so good. We're getting there. I love it. I'm not the poster for margin, but getting there. That's huge. Yeah. Every single day, early morning, me and God meet together. And I read with a pen and a credit card to make lines on my, my notes are neat. And I just spend time with God. And then at nighttime, I keep it non-crazy and I enjoy just as my wife putters sitting in my house. I got a red healer named Yodi, and I've always had a dog. And I sit and I read. Mm -hmm. And so I tell guys to love their books and to love their Bible. There's an old adage that uh, when your output exceeds your intake, your upkeep becomes your downfall. Mm -hmm. And so you always teach out of the overflow of a life. And so I always want to be learning new things. And I'll tell you something else I learned here, Chris. Always do every day something that you absolutely delight in. Mm -hmm. I like 
to lift weights and run and read and garden flowers. And so I do that. What do you do, Chris? Do you have one thing that you love? Yeah, hanging out with my kids. <laughs> Playing with oh, my kids. Do that. Jenny, what do you do that's just pure fun? Uh, this. This right here. This, this right is, here. This Red, is my list right here. <laughs> well, do... <laughs> Do something that you love to do, and then uh, do something physical yeah, every day. Good. And so, and I try not to book my day with appointments. Uh, I always go to the gym every day. I always run every day. I'm 67, and I enjoy good health because I've never been out of shape. And so, I, I try to do spend time with the Word. And if you've got three friends, you're a rich man. Mm-hmm. A man of many friends will be broken to pieces. There is a friend that sticks closer than a brother. A brother is made for adversity. And so I have a few. I got a lot of good buddies. I got about three guys I trust with my soul. Habit is that hello mornings, just getting up before the kids. And I'd say changed our marriage is the walk. So hold on. This walk thing, like it's just a simple thing, but I mean, I bet you a bunch of people, I mean, I'm sure you've talked about it before, but you need to trademark that or share that (laughs) or say, hey, here's the walk. And then like what you say, people are going to be like, so what do you do on the walk? How do you talk on the walk? And it's like, just go on a walk. So where I got that idea was actually from Shauna Nyquist, who I think got the idea from Rebecca Lyons. Um, (laughs) So, but it looked different for everybody. So Rebecca Lyons, she lived in the city. They went on the little balcony of their apartment. And just sat out Mm -hmm. there while their kids were asleep inside. And it was just like their date. It's not really a date. And then um, I think Sean and Equus, it was their front porch maybe. And so uh, we were like, well, let's just walk around the neighborhood. And it started there. Yeah, because if you're on the back porch, the kids go, hey, real quick. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I think it was like if you have super littles that you can't leave alone. Right. 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 I think, you know, you can have the monitor out there while they're asleep. So the key was kids are in bed. Yes. Right, Instead right. of going straight to the TV or whatever other thing we go to um, when kids are all asleep, finally, it was. And there was a season when we said, meet me on the couch. So once everybody was in bed, we would meet on the couch. And whether it was five minutes of talking or whatever it was, it was like a reconnection point. And another thing we do before Bruce goes to work is we just make sure we um, hug each other and pray over each other quick, like doesn't take long. But it's when I hear his heart for what's going on in his day. He hears what's on heavy on my heart. So I'm praying for my needs a little bit. And I'm praying over him a little bit. And he's doing the same. I started running about three years ago for my problems. And that's really awesome. No, I've just, I started running. I try to do at least a couple times a week. And it's, I love it. It really has changed a lot about my life. It's got, you know, your body gets used to it. And then, like, before you know it, you sort of crave it and you're, you go crazy if you don't. But that's probably the only habit habit I have that's, like, that's yeah, really – I mean, that's the bad part of my sevenness is that I, I don't really love having routines. So it's tough for me. But that is one I, I try to do consistently. What's a habit that's changed your life? Um, a specific prayer in the morning. Ransom Heart has a section on our website for prayers, and there's one that's called the Daily Prayer. And it, it really is a saying out loud and aligning with the full work of Christ, his crucifixion, his resurrection, and his ascension, and how I am in that, and who the Holy Spirit is, and surrendering to him, and all of it. Like it's whatever form a person takes, this habit of aligning myself with the truth of God first thing in the morning before I check email or get on Facebook 
Sometimes I'm having a cup of coffee before I'm doing this, but this, that has changed my life. Okay, this comes out of a lot of time hanging out with people on mountains and riding around the lake. And I'm going to say it this way, intentional, safe relationships where we are practicing answering this question. What is the one thing you don't want anyone to know about you today? And you know, you know what that is? It's really just practicing community, confession, and being known because you know what? I don't want to be a pastor who one day somebody says, wow, we didn't even know Neil. Mm. We didn't even know what was going on in his life. And I need people speaking into my life that way because that's where growth happens. So I would say being intentional about family time. And I wouldn't say we have mastered this. This is a work in progress and it might always be. So just protecting our time with on the weekends with the girls, the evenings, um, we've had to be intentional. I'm sure a lot of people struggle with this, but putting the phone away, just being intentional that when our girls are looking at us, they're not seeing their mom staring at a phone screen. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I yeah. mean, lifting really heavy weights with my biceps has become a just an incredible <laughs> Because as I look at the future of holding four girls at one time, it seems to me that I should have a strong core. <laughs> um, For sure. Honestly, running and listening to books, audiobooks, running, it's, I get out of it, which reminds mm-hmm. me of how incredible it is when I'm in it. It helps me process stress so that I'm not taking it on family because that's, that's real. Real talk, nobody comes home perfect. Right. And, and your kids will be the recipients of it. They will read your body language and your dads in particular. Dads set the temperature and atmosphere for little girls in the home and children in the home in general. And I think it's healthy for us to have a place that where you go and process and think before you come home and just do all that out in front of your family. So that's been a big one for me. Oh, wow. A discipline or a habit that has changed my life. Boy, oh boy. Understanding that I can only be Don Moen. This is a life changer to me because as I began to because of my songs, because of uh, the releases of my albums, I started becoming this artist that people wanted me to appear on a stage. And I was so intimidated. And I would look at the other artists and I'd say, oh my gosh, I know why you're here. I know why you're here. I know why you're here, but why am I here? And I'd get on a stage in those early years and I'd hear in one, one of my ears, Don Moen is not enough you better dial it up uh, become hipper, become cooler. And then in the other ear, I, I would hear this voice saying, just be Don Moen. Mm. And that's the Holy Spirit. And I, I think one of the most important things that I've learned, and I still to this day do it, because I'm on a stage with a lot of uh, well-known people, and it's so easy for me to be intimidated, and yet... I still hear that voice saying, just be Don Moen. Mm-hmm. Just be Don Moen. And I think that's uh, that's one of the most important things I've learned, and I share it with worship leaders and pastors all the time. In this day, uh, with the technology we have, you can look at Facebook, you can look at uh, Internet, and you can see all this fabulous stuff going on. And you think, oh, gosh, I'm just not cool enough. I'm not good enough. And yet... God will never anoint who you want to be. He anoints who you are. 
Mm, that's so he good. starts there. So I say, I say to these young pastors or worship leaders, just be yourself. Mm-hmm. Everybody else is taken. Just be yourself. And if you can grab a hold of that, when you get in front of people next Sunday morning at your church or get in front of a group to speak or get with your friends, stop trying to be anybody that's cooler than you are. Just be who you are. And if you'll do that, I guarantee you, you'll feel a cloak of authority being put around you by the Holy Spirit saying, now you've got it. Now I can use you because you're content to be who I've made you. Stop trying to be somebody else. Second question. The second question is, what's a discipline or habit that's changed your life? We kind of already talked a lot about that. But I know. I, I would be making up a number two. Yeah. It's, the, it's the examine. Yeah, okay. The examine. And the two parts about it was the everyday noticing mm-hmm. instead of just on to the next thing. I yeah. love dreaming about the future. But just what did I experience? And not judging it, but just being curious. That's but so then good. also, like I mentioned, review the day in Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. Begin with what's right. Mm. When we begin with what's right, like the deepest reality of the universe is abundance. Mm. There's enough. Yeah. There's enough. Now, it, that gets broken. And so that's the next part of the prayer where we name what isn't, but we have to start with what is the most true. And that's that is so great. Good. Yeah. I'd say a, a habit that has changed me is really the habit of practicing presence. And I don't just mean presence with others, but I mean practicing the returning to the present moment. That God is in the here and now, and I live so much of life in the past and in the future. And yet God has only given me right now I could walk out this door and I could get run over by a Mack truck. And yet, uh, you know, my dad will often say, son, uh, don't let tomorrow's rain clouds steal today's sunshine. And I think that's such a good saying. God's given me today's sunshine. God's given me this moment. And so often I end up regretting what could have happened and didn't happen yesterday or what did happen yesterday that I wished wouldn't have happened or making myself sick over what might happen, but what might not happen tomorrow Mm -hmm. that I lose the present moment. And so oftentimes I will stop. I will sit in the present moment and I will feel what it means to be alive right now. And I will think about the gifts of today. And I have to do it now multiple times a day to just be mindful of what I'm thinking and feeling and experiencing right now. That yes, the scan may come back tomorrow and it may have news that you wish you did not have. But right now, you're living, you're breathing, you are existing. That is a gift. And do not rush past the gift of today to live in the bad news that might come tomorrow. And so that has been a huge, huge practice for me that I have to practice multiple times every single day. Well, that is year one and some powerful habits. Man, so thankful for these people and their stories and their habits and their heart to share. So unbelievable. Yes, and we cannot wait for next week. The advice to the younger you might just be one of my favorite episodes ever. There is something so powerful about hearing it back to back like that. People get so emotional when you ask them, Mm. 
what advice would you give to your younger self? Because we all wish we could go back and sit across from that 20-year-old version of ourselves. Yikes. Tell them a thing or two. (laughs) So it is really powerful. We're excited to share that with you next week. It's so true. Guys, make sure you come back for next week. And we want to emphasize this one more time. We would not be here if it were not for you. Yeah. Thank you for your support. Thank you for your prayers. It means so much to us. And we are excited for this next year, all that's about to come. We've got some amazing guests lined up for you. There's so much goodness coming. And we just want you to know that we are here for you. So we want to hear from you guys. It always means so much when we get to hear from you. Guys, when you share the podcast with somebody, thank you for doing that. And so all that to say, guys, we're just getting started around here. And we're excited for what's to come. And we're going to close this out like we do every single time. We're all veterans here. You guys say it with (laughs) us. Say it loud. Say it proud. You only get one life. Live Live it it well. well.